Welcome to the Something Something Experience Podcast, Episode 78. I'm Michael John Simpson. Today we are sponsored by WhedonCon. Are you a Joss Whedon fan? Then come check out WhedonCon 2017 in Los Angeles, May 19th through the 21st. Single day and all weekend tickets are available now at WhedonCon.com. This episode features the return of Teacher, costume designer, and cosplay nerd Abby Polico and her creative partner, graphic designer Erica Lang, known collectively as the Spindle Sisters. They're promoting their first ever paper dolls book based on Cinderella. We discussed paper dolls, TV, pop culture, toys, period costumes, and consumerism. And you try telling the young people of today that, and they'll never believe you. Here's episode 78 of the Something Something Experience. Excuse me. All right, everybody's phone's off and all that lovely stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. Lovely, wonderful. Oh, look, it's a little bended, bended Benedict Cumberbatch paper doll. Yep. He looks so... Um, hold on, let me see if I can guess the time period, because I'm rubbish at this. He looks kind of like um, uh, Empire period, like Empire waist period. Yes. Same, same yes. as when the women wear the Empire dresses. Spot on. Where the, where the line goes right under the very, very small breasts. Yes. yes. Well... We skipped the very, very small breath. Oh, on, especially on Benedict Cumberbatch. Yes, totally. Yes, and on his lady friend as well. <laughs> uh, so, hello. Hello. Welcome back, Abby. Thank you. Um, been a while. Um, you were one. Yes. You were a guest quite a while ago. Like, I think it's been a few years. Actually, might be like 2015, maybe or 2016. Yeah. I don't know. You 2015, can. I think. You can look it up. Something to XP dot net. Um, so, uh, welcome back, costume designer extraordinaire. And today you have your business partner. Yes. Hi. Hello. What's your name? Erica. Lennon. Erica. Yes. Welcome. How are you doing? Thank you. Good. Good, good. <laughs> so uh, tell me, tell me, what have you been working on? Well, um, first of all, she's my business partner, but she's my partner in crime since we were like... <laughs> oh, good. Good. Teeny good. Tiny Those tiny kind of partnerships are very, very good. I, yeah. I actually wrote you on... Um, as a character reference on my application for the new apartment yeah. that I'm trying to get. Awesome. And it was like, how long has this person known you? And I was like, oh my God, it's been 30 years. Wow, yeah. yeah. We've been friends for 30 years. Yeah. Somebody, um, somebody posted a... Uh, you know, meme type game on Facebook of the um, the the longest friend game or whatever, and it's oh, like no. you know the cha- the longest friend challenge, and it's like put, post the name of the person you're friends with on Facebook whom you've known the longest in real life, whom you're not related biologically related to or familiarly related That's to. Fun. Yeah, <laughs> and my friend Brian Shepard, uh, I've known since 1977. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's and I'm fantastic. considerably older than that, as you all know, and I'm fond of saying how ancient and decrepit I am. <laughs> it helps. It makes it better. Yeah. Uh, it being ancient or decrepit or both? Um, yes. 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 <laughs> the safe answer is yes. 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 And, and also calling people kiddo. <laughs> that helps. Actually, I, use, I call my mom kiddo when we actually speak. Oh. Yeah, I've always yeah, I've always called her kid. Yeah, that's adorable. I started calling other adult friends of mine kiddo. Yeah, when I turned thirty, just to sort of ease the tension. Well, it's 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 yeah, it's one of those things. That's one of those those types of things you have to. 
definitely know a person well enough to be able to get away with it because especially <laughs> going from man to woman that can be very uh, you know yes but I not have the cool. benefit of being woman that's true to men. That's and true. I would just that's use true. it on guys who would hit on me who I wanted to go away yeah <laughs> um, because Aww. we know that just saying go away doesn't always work right so I'd right. just be like listen kiddo I gotta be somewhere <laughs> what just happened <laughs> 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 Shot down. He had it coming. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they usually do. Um, a friend of mine posted recently on Facebook that she was walking through a Target parking lot and saw some guy changing his tire. And she went up to him and said, Hey, you need a hand there? Hey, uh, you, are you doing this right? Yeah, you need you need some instructions? Hey, have you ever done this before? Oh, all right, good. Um, she said, I may have called him honey, babe, sweetheart a few times. Sunshine. And she said, because I'm a dick. Like, yes! Yes! Throw it right back in their face. Do it, do it, do it, do it. At every turn, at every turn. Well, maybe not every turn, but many turns. Yeah. Many, many turns. Yeah, many turns. Ah, so, yeah. So, fairly close to 30 years ago, uh, <laughs> fairly close to when we became friends and stopped being frenemies. Yes. We were enemies. Yes. Little girls are petty creatures. Oh, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. We played paper dolls all the time. All the time. And we mostly made our own because we did not have a lot of money and... Um, I don't know, my mother would not buy me toys, and especially if I asked her to buy me toys, then she would especially be like, oh, definitely not. Um, so we made our own paper dolls, and we drew them, and we drew clothes for them, and we did this to an extent that my mother made up a rule where I was only allowed <laughs> to have a hundred paper dolls at any given time. Otherwise, because y'all be swimming in them. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I assure you that rule was necessary. <laughs> um, so... Fast forward to a couple years ago, uh, I was visiting one of my aunties who, two of my very dear aunties taught me to make paper dolls when I was little because it's what they did when they were little girls. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so I was visiting one of them and I was like, yeah, well, you know, I'm pursuing teaching, but it doesn't pay a whole lot. And the costume is working out, but it's, it's patchy. And she was like, I don't understand why you never went into business making paper dolls. You'd be great at it. And I was like, Oh what? my god! Why, She's why didn't you hey, think of this? Hey, you know this? what? You know what I'm thinking. For me, growing up, having been a child of the 70s, uh -huh. <clears throat> um, it's, I talk about my age like some people drop names. You know? No, it's cool. I do it too. Um, but. The two things you always saw in the in the in the toy section at the end was where all the coloring books and the activity books and the paper dolls were, and they're always in the, that same section. And even I, as a as a boy, as a male child, uh, even I played with paper dolls, and I had I had a punch out a few of the punch out paper dolls mm -hmm. books with with you know male characters or whatever. I don't know whatever, but I don't remember which yeah. which fandom it was or which property it was. But yeah, I had I had cut out paper doll type books too. Fancy that. Yeah. That's cool. Well, also I, I happen to know that my father got roped into playing paper dolls with mm -hmm. his two sisters. Oh, yeah. There Aww. you go. Because it was him. He was the youngest and he had these paper two Paper dolls, sisters. tea parties, um, what else? Um, my uh, Little Ponies. My Little no, yeah. maybe. I got the neighbor boys to play My yes. Little Ponies a couple times. She, yeah, she they makeup, practice yeah. making out. Oh, no, 
that's slumber party. Um, different, different thing. No, different slumber parties is where you draw dicks on each other's faces, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, that would that's, be frat parties. Depends who you know. Never drawn a dick on a face ever. Never had a dick drawn on your face. Never had a dick drawn on my face. That's good. No. We had a conversation it, about this yesterday. No, but, okay. but had I have, eh, whatever, it comes off. I have rubbing alcohol. Yeah. Good. You know, it's enjoy. Did you get that out of your system? All right. Yeah. All right, kiddo, off you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they would play with their paper dolls that I presume they made because they also grew up not wealthy. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember the girls every now and then would complain to their mother. First of all, to punish my dad for being the boy, they would give him the paper dolls with the bent heads. Oh, and then but he didn't know how to play. He tried. God bless him, he tried. They would be like, "Okay, we're all going out to a fancy restaurant. What are you going to order?" And he'd be like, "I want a hamburger and coke." And they'd be like, Mother, we're at Chez Louis, and he ordered a hamburger and coke. Make him stop. Steak tartare yeah. and cold-pressed yeah. coffee. Uh, it's the same. He's like, but that's what I would want. <laughs> you don't understand. So, so anyway, so I came back from that visit to my auntie, and I spoke to Erica, and she was like, oh, my God. And so we, we basically decided to sit down and do this. And we made a huge list of all these things we're characters we're going to make paper dolls of. But we thought we'd start with fairy tales, because everyone loves fairy tales. Sure. And they're public domain. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Especially all the good old grim grim ones. That's wide open. Wide open. The great thing about them being uh, public domain, too, is if you can get away from the Disney trappings of them, Uh you can get into all the blood and guts and all the really horrible things. Like the, 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 there's a, there's a Grim Tales reference that I have heard uh, repeatedly in the last few weeks. Cause you know how these things kind of come and go. You'll oh, yeah. hear, you'll hear a reference or a thing referred to that you maybe have never heard before or you haven't heard for 20 years. And then you hear it over and over and over again yeah. within a short <laughs> amount of time. And that is the distinction between the princess and the frog mm-hmm. and the princess kissing the frog that we've all grown up hearing. Mm-hmm. And her actually, what the real story was, was her throwing him again the walls was yes. to kill him yes. and that turned him into a prince yes. so yes yeah. that's the one and that actually that came up for me in my teacher training because I trained to be a Waldorf teacher mm. and they tell the grim fairy tales to small children so that's a teacher with celery apples walnuts and grapes <laughs> Sorry, that was a really shameless, faulty towers reference. I'm terribly sorry. My apologies to John. You're not the first. (laughs) Um, (laughs) In mayonnaise. So they were like, we teach these to young children, and most of the people in the teacher training with me are moms, and they were like, "Excuse me, why? Why are you telling the grim fairy tales to little children?" And they said, "Well, to put it excessively simply, in the words of G.K. Chesterton, uh, little children being innocent." demand justice. Grown-ups being sinful beg for mercy. Mm. And the grim fairy tales, if you read them, are actually full of justice. I mean, Meet yes, violence. out justice. Yes. But they are just. The bad guys always get what's coming to them mm-hmm. in grim fairy tales. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, it's actually very comforting. And I found this to be true. I bought a book, the complete volume, and I read it to myself at bedtime. And I'm going to tell you, it's actually really comforting. It's like, Oh, if only real life were like that. Right, right, yeah, yeah. And not only do the baddie, baddie guys get, uh-huh. ju- you know, guys, girls, whomever, yeah. uh, fill in the blank, get justice, even the people who are just 
just kind of dickish get it too. Marginal like dicks, the stepsisters yes. in Cinderella. Yeah. Even they get, you yeah. know, I mean. Well, yeah. they bring it on themselves. I mean, they yeah. are the ones who really cut off. They were really horrid too. They cut off their own foot parts. To Ella. Mm. To, yeah. Yeah, fit like, in those shoes. No one made them cut their feet. Yeah. Well, actually, well, no, their, their mom stepmother. Did. Their yeah. mom did. Their stepmother did. Their mom did make them cut yeah. their feet. So never mind, I take it back. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? They did it. Mm-hmm. They could have yeah. taken that knife and turned it on her. They could have. They, they, they were could've. like, I'm going to cut my own toe off. <laughs> and then the birds do the rest. Yeah. <laughs> it's always the birds, isn't it? Always the birds. <laughs> Another movie I need to rewatch. Um, <laughs> the birds? <laughs> the birds. And Tippi Hedren. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've heard a bunch of references to the birds lately, too. It was weird. It's weird how these things kind of come and, come and go. Well, I heard they were making a second Birdemic movie. Did that happen? Do you know? Do you I don't know. know. Uh-huh. I have Birdemic on the computer because my kid had a movie, had a, a like a, you know, craptastic uh, sci-fi horror movie day at the house with a bunch of friends <laughs> and I downloaded it for them so they could watch and I don't think I've ever watched it but it's supposed to be just amazingly craptastic. Uh-huh. <laughs> it is. One of my friends was in it. Nice, nice. Was it as fun as the as the remake of Piranha a few years ago? I don't know. I didn't see it. Oh, that was I mean, so to me, good. it was more fun because if you know so someone good. who's in it, then it's like, ha, ha, there's my friend looking yeah. funny, <laughs> being funny. Ha, ha, ha. Who who is it's who's the guy different. who loses his loses his bits to a piranha in that oh, movie? His bits. I don't remember. That's vicious. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. vicious. Yeah. yeah, very rarely. I heard a, I heard a story about an actual friend of my parents who he didn't lose his bits, but they got attacked by his cat. Ouch. Yeah. Oh. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> that's when you invent the catapult. Um, sorry, Robin Williams joke. Um, oh, no. I'm very referential today and every day. That's cool. So you made a Cinderella paper dolls book. Yes. You should yes. turn the prince toward Michael so he can see him, even though he has seen him. And you, no. and you correctly yeah. named the period, so that was well played, I think. Yes. So it's Benedict star. Cumberbatch very much looking uh, looking prince. Yes, there's a strong resemblance, isn't there? Yes. Very much so, very much so. <laughs> you know what would be great is if the prince was prince. <laughs> Although you'd have to make him considerably shorter. <laughs> that would be... Aww. You could give him purple yes. jacket and, I mean... Spot on. The, 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 the shirt, on, the shirt yes. from the Purple Rain era is a little different. I mean, he had, little, like, the ruffled yeah, shirt, you know. Yeah, a little more ruffly. We're only just getting warmed up. Yeah. Um, be. This is only our first book, and we just <laughs> finished it. And we're about to do more. I mean, we, we said we'd do fairy tales, so we're doing as many grim fairy tales as we can. Is is the the one in the book as sturdy as this one is? Yeah, that's, the, well, that's this, this is, is that's him. Her not cut out. Wow, that's the stand the standy is quite sturdy, See quite I mean? sturdier yeah, than I, I uh, recall. Well, hello. The, yeah, we skipped the small breasts. <laughs> yes, we did. In favor of those are I would say those are definitely um, what I would can be considered nicely sized, medium sized breasts. Yes, those are very nice. Or yes. in the words of one of my female friends, when she first saw it, she was like, "Whoa, that's a heck of a rack." Wow, and. Sadly, Abby, that is after Abby made me shrink them. Oh. So, yeah. yeah. Well, because here's we don't want her to, but we don't, yeah. we don't, we don't want, we, we. The, the Regency period, first of all, it's called Regency, in case you. The Regency yes, period, Regency. yes, yes, yes. Empire um, Waste Regency, okay. It's actually very fickle with the clothes because you have two very significant risks with the particular female style clothing. With yeah. the, if you have the very, very small breasts, which of course are the most ideal for those dresses, mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. you run the risk of your heroine looking like a little girl in a nightgown. Mm-hmm, and yes. that's not mm-hmm, cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if you have the Many real, a Merchant Ivory film suffered from that look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you have <laughs> substantial breasts, 
in reality, you put on one of those dresses, if you have substantial breasts at all, you're going to look pregnant. And that's not really what we're going for either. So we had a tricky time. We realized, okay, we picked a really complicated period of fashion to work with. Yeah, and if you look at the dress, you can see we made a waistline. Mm, Yeah, Um, yeah, that empire waist just hikes right up under there. But But there's actually... Oh, yeah, it tapers in at the waist as well. All right, That is not what it actually does. But I tried to draw the way it actually hangs, and it looks weird to the modern... The the bustier, and I take that's a bustier Mm -hmm. you have on her... yeah, the the boning does cinch it in yeah, quite yeah. well yeah. And, and give her is, a good hip shape, too. That so. is also period. That's period like accurate. We, we researched... Um, I love those off, those really wide off-the-shoulder straps. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> it's just such a nice... It's, it's one of those things that kind of dances around suggestiveness. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really, it's not really like an, like a, like a, like an overt thing. It's a very yeah. subtle thing that something just, just slides off. Yeah. It's like being at a, it's like when I'm at a goth club and I see a woman and she's gothed up and she's wearing uh, something that's that's very short in the shoulder that doesn't mm-hmm. go too far over the end of her shoulders, mm-hmm. and the draw strap, the bra strap just drops down a little bit, mm-hmm. which I'm sure is an en- enormous annoyance for her. <laughs> but for me, that's just like a, oh, it's just a nice. <laughs> it's not that. No, it's, it's, it, but it's just oh, like oh, you know, it's like it's just that delicate nice kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We honestly, I think when that happens, most women are like, oh, I have to fix it or I look sloppy. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> you know, because right. other women will come up and be all like, you're showing like it's a crime and uh, yeah i'm that way with tat with shirt tags i'm always going around behind the one finger pardon me your your tags out tags out your tags out pardon me prime minister your tags out prime minister (laughs) yeah yeah so she by the way is the artist so the very well done and um so so you've given the the um the uh, princess doll the cinderella doll um rather nice medium size breasts and um you've given the prince um that's a package there that's 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 (laughs) the prince is uh the prince is doing all right i learned how to draw from comic books Mm. so (laughs) um comic books generally don't Mm. skimp in that area Mm -hmm. either Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I believe that's what Hugh Laurie called in uh, Blackadder the Third a well-filled trouser. <laughs> oh my gosh! And I like the riding boots, although those look those almost look a little bit more like German walking boots, which is I know a later period thing, but they they have a very similar feel to them. They're, that kind of bunchy up around the ankle, but stiff from the ankle up. Well, and over the calves. Where's the outfit where he has shoes instead of? He's got he's got good sized calves too. Oh yes, very sturdy in the calves. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, you need it to hold up that enormous. uh, We did as best we could. (laughs) Here we go. Oh yes, the the white um, socks. Historical accuracy. But this is also a fairy tale, and she has the benefit of the fact that her three main ball gowns are all products of magic. They exist by magic, so they don't have to follow the rules of um, historical fashion or physics. Yes. So there's that. And we thought, so you saw that outfit where he has the little shoes, and that's not bad. No, no. But but it's not, uh, it doesn't really translate in everybody's imagination to what we in the 21st century think of as manly. Yeah. Alas. 
So, although I think he pulls it off very well. Well, yeah, but I mean, for the time period, it's very yeah, manly. No, it's, it is. It's very manly. Absolutely. Although, although that, that's also kind of like the coachman outfit almost as well. The kind of like with the white mm. socks and the shoes or the, yeah. the, the, the livery carrier. Yeah. It looks, it just looks a little tame. And I know for sure that he probably, in reality, would not have been wearing boots to the ball. No, no, no. Yeah. Unless he was a soldier. Well, he's the prince, so he's also probably, probably a soldier. fairly soldierly. Yeah. Like, that's his... Oh, yeah. That's his wedding outfit. Very Prince Albert. That's yes. very Prince Albert. Even though this predates Prince... Uh, well, the, Regency the regalia, period is before... Yeah. The regalia is timeless, almost. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can go yeah, way... You, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. The paintings, they're all... We've been watching Victoria lately, so... And, and I was... It, it, Jenna Coleman looks nothing like Victoria, like, like, like Queen Victoria, but... Um, and she does a fine enough job in, in conveying her, her victorious sensibilities and things like that. But the job they did with the actor playing Albert, mm-hmm. his outfits, his facial hair, and just, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's mm-hmm. like he's jumping off of photos. It's, a, it's outstanding. That's impressive. Yeah, that's, that. it's really it. good. And it's on, it's free. It's pbs.org. I've been plugging it on, on the podcast because it's so damn good. Now, <laughs> I love, this midnight blue with the gold trim. I'm going to put pictures of all of us up, by the way. Um, if you'll, if you'll, if you're okay with me doing a couple, put, putting a couple of these pictures up. Yes, but of the green striping on the waistcoat is unbelievable. Oh, that yes. that little touch of green, very fairy tale, very like almost like <laughs> leprechauny kind of sensibility to it, yeah. and that it. I look at that outfit and it just makes me happy. Awesome. It really just makes me happy. Oh, I love the butter yellow. That's really nice. And the aqua. But with the little shells. Aqua with shells. Yes. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, because in the Grim Fairy Tale version, she goes to the ball three nights in a row with, like, increasingly fabulous dresses. Oh, yeah, so that's okay. what you're seeing there. And that's the final dress. Oh, I love that with all the stars and the, and the, the, the crescent moons. Uh-huh. I love that. Thank you. And the way that you drew the, it, it, what looked like would be, well, I guess they didn't really have sequins back then. What would they have that would actually sparkle or magic? glitter? Actual yeah, jewels. magic. There you and go. Or yeah, they, actual they really, jewels. Yeah. They really did. They sew would jewels sew jewels onto. Onto, on the clothing. They yeah. did. But this is magic. Yes. <laughs> These are the magic. I love lessons. that. That's great. Yeah. There was, um... That's without a shoe. Yeah. Oh, oh, shoe. with shoe, without shoe. Yes. Yeah. But I, I have to say one thing though. Sure. Her foot looks like it's almost posed in an. Imp- oh, she's crossed yes. over. Yeah. Ballerina. Yeah. Da, da, yes. da. All right. That's I'm actually in. also one thing we did to trick the fashion because if she's in a twisted pose like that, then her dress would have to twist around her, and that would So we can make it a little tighter than it really would have. Sure, so that's sure. Part so she dovetails the waist a little bit, yeah. yeah. She's not standing dead on. Yeah. She's, uh, yeah. Oh, I like that with the light, with the powder blue, with the, uh, it kind of looks like paisleys or shells or something. Yeah, it's kind of hard for me to see. It's like that. I like that. But I like that with the with the turned collar. I have a waist oh. a whisket like that. Oh. That's very, um, it was a whisket that I bought at a costume shop that is, um, it's supposed to be like a Western gambler kind of, uh, yeah. you know, vest, yeah. pocket watch vest, but it doubles nicely for Victorinka, same time period, mm-hmm. 1860s, yes. 1870s, <laughs> yeah. same time period. It doubles really nicely for doing Victorian outfits and stuff. And bet y'all didn't know I knew so much about costumes. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Oh, wow. 
I dabble. I'm like the doctor. I dabble. You dabble. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. This is great, and it's all such sturdy, sturdy paper. The the I just love how how because that was the thing that was always disappointing is they just you put the thing on and you know one little eh, and thing would just fall <laughs> over. And this is great. Our this paper dolls were very active when we were kids. So oh we yeah, to make yeah. Sure that we can give other people. Yeah, if you couldn't afford yeah. Barbie, I mean, I, I there was a girl I, I was grew up in when I was very little very little I was in a kind of an upper middle class neighborhood in uh, in southwestern Denver mm-hmm. and um, there was one girl up the road who I would go up I don't remember her name at all I only remember the the kids who the names of the kids who lived right adjacent to me actually I still talk to one whoa Oh my, I have to change my oldest friend on Facebook. Oh. Because I have a friend who lives in Europe uh-huh. who was the next door neighbor at the neighborhood we lived in before I moved and met Brian. So I've known her oh. since 1975. Oh my wow. God. Holy shit, I just realized that. Sorry, Christina. Sorry, Christina. But she was a teenager and I was just, I was a kindergartner. But but there was a girl who lived up the way who had she her the girls this girl's bedroom was the one that faced the street and she had a bay window oh. in her bedroom and with a pink sun seat oh boy. a pink uh, ch- a sun seat chest oh. and the entire wall that faced the the street mm-hmm. with the window in it was polluted with Barbies. <laughs> every every vehicle, every house, everything. And I think that might have even pre- predated Malibu Barbie. I think Malibu sure. Barbie was later 70s. Mm-hmm. So this was 75, 76. And I went up there with a, another boy just wandered up the street to go play a couple times. Mm-hmm. And it was like me and this other boy and a whole bunch of girls. And mm-hmm. it was just Barbie, 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 Barbie. And so, you know, we played Barbies. Like, what the hell? Yeah. Why not? Why not? Indeed. Well, this is delightful. I really like the, the work, the, the artwork on this is really great. Thank you. So, so, uh, so, are, are you in, t- so who's your target audience for this? Women. <laughs> Well, yeah, but of I mean... Of all ages. Of all ages, yeah. okay. Cause, because, ages. I mean, yeah. the hipsters have brought adult coloring books in yeah. vogue, yes. and so I'm assuming this is in line, or you're thinking, yeah. some of your yeah. thinking or mark, and or marketing is in line with that, you yeah. know? But we were uncommonly skilled with our hands as children. Mm. So we made, we tried to make this like, okay, if there's somebody out there who's got kids that are just crazy good with scissors or whatever... They could, you know, these could be for kids as well if they wanted it to be. Um, Because when I was a little girl, I have an aunt who travels the world. And she just has never had any children of her own. And so she has really not a very strong concept of what's age appropriate for any given age of children. She'd always just sort of send us gifts. And they were super cool gifts, fancy gifts. But And I think her thinking was, well, if they're if it's too sophisticated for them now, they'll grow into it. Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. she would send Always push me, them toward that. Yeah, yeah. Right, oh, right. yeah. So she would send me... Uh, she sent me the Metropolitan Museum of New York's, like, activity book. It's clearly for adults. <laughs> oh, yeah. Clearly for adults. It's, in, it's full of insanely complicated projects. But it was sent to me. It came in a package with my name on it. And I was like, this "This is my present, and I got nothing else to do, so I'm going to do it. So I sat down, and I 
figured out those nice, projects. And some of nice. them didn't work out, and I cried. And my mom was like, oh, well, now you learned a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I had a mother who thought practically. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, mother, no, the things work. I've learned. He's disappointed. Oh, we better get him. She'd be like, oh, look, you're disappointed. Yay, that means you learned something. No, I don't have time to play with you. Keep keep fig- yeah. fiddling around with that and figure stuff out. Yeah, oh, parents <laughs> of the 70s and 80s. Uh, yeah. Oh, I don't have time to play with you. Go do a thing. Oh, go yeah. watch TV. Go go run no. outside. Well, go. No, not allowed to watch TV. For us, it was go watch TV. Go go play in your room. Go play outside. Yeah, go go ride bikes. Go climb a tree. Yeah. Go. go ride your bike. That was go ain't bother me. <laughs> I'm, I'm still discovering 80s culture because I was not allowed to watch yeah. TV during the 80s when Same. I was a kid. Yeah. So yeah, uh, people. We like, needed. Oh, we need to take you to Blue Monday. Okay. Um, <laughs> people are like, "Oh, you grew up in the eighties. So that means you know this show." And I'll be like, "Nope, nope." <laughs> but nope. I do have. I had this like total um, girl crush on Shira. Who didn't? Right, because hey, girl, because hey, she's just so cool. She's everything that I wanted to be. And my mom flatly refused to let me ever watch the show, and flatly refused to buy me any of the toys. I, I had the paper doll. Yeah, Erica had a nice. paper doll of a yes. character, nice. which I still fun. have. Well, I have one of her friends. You also had an action figure of her. Yes, I did of some sort, like which is big. Found somewhere, I think. Oh, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking. This one's slippery. <laughs> anyway, she would like find toys places and be like, "Mommy, haven't I always had this?" And her mom would be like, "I can't remember." Yeah, and she'd be like, <laughs> "Um." Mm-hmm. So, um, so I was like, oh, girl crush on Shira. I never, mm, sniffle, sniffle, sniffle. <laughs> and then now, uh, just like last week, I found this t-shirt online that's Shira flipping the bird with both hands. Nice. And it says, I do what I want. Nice. <laughs> did you order it? you yeah, buy it on site? Good. <laughs> like, good. Oh. Good. 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 <sighs> um, so, and I don't, and forgive me if I don't remember if we talked about this before, but did we talk about your your upbringing and how you've applied that kind of breaking free of restriction into your work of, of, of how it's affected your work. I mean, we may have, but I probably not enough, but traditionally, obviously up until the last 10, 15 years, there was that thing of, well, actually up until Generation X became a thing and grew up and had their own money to spend on whatever they bloody well wanted to, uh, even though they couldn't find a job after graduating college. And, um, <laughs> thanks, boomers. Um, anyway, um, but it was that traditional, up until that generation, it was the thing of, once you reach a certain age, you stop playing with toys, you stop reading comic books, and you get serious, and you be an adult, and you yeah. go out and you work, and you don't complain, and you blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But, so, you are in a, do a lot of, of creative things mm-hmm. that were, at one point, con- considered traditionally to be in the child realm, oh, right? Yeah. And not in the adult world realm. Yeah. And so, obviously, you've rebelled in that in a great and actually from the the great the thing the other thing that I've heard repeated over and over and over again is from from oppression and or restriction comes the greatest creative endeavors and, oh, yeah. and that um, that transcends into our current political climate and everything oh, yeah. else and it's it's like what's what's the thing that's going to come out of the state that we're in right now with our current political climate awesome. and we're going to revive <laughs> the underground press Basically. that's what's going yeah. to happen yeah. and so and we are very much looking forward to that because out of that you get your Robert Crumb you get your uh uh you know um 
you know, Fritz the Cat. You get you get things out of that that mm-hmm. that transcend and subvert the dominant paradigm, and that we need that totally. so desperately. I mean, I think one of the most visible examples of out of restriction comes greatness is George Lucas. Oh, mm-hmm. without I mean, question. Look at what happened to him when he had when all the restrictions were taken off. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. So you know, I think that it influenced my work a lot, but also. Um, not just restriction, but my parents, you know, their, their restriction was, hey, we're not going to buy you toys because toys are not valuable to your development and we value your development highly. So, you know, yeah, I, I, we get that you're not going to thank us for it yet, <laughs> but you will <laughs> later. And, but the other thing about my parents is that they're actually big rebels themselves. Oh, yeah. Um, we, I grew up in a and Erica grew up. Yes, I did. In a very <laughs> weird new agey community. Yep. That our parents had chosen to be a part of on purpose. My parents both had master's degrees in education from my dad has his degree from Harvard. You know, and like they could have done lots of other things. They chose to be relatively low income to work for this particular university in this new agey community because it's what they believed was right. Hi everyone, just wanted to take a moment to talk about our sponsor. This episode of the Something Something Experience is brought to you by WhedonCon, a charity and sci-fi fantasy gathering celebrating the works of Joss Whedon. Created by the fans and for the fans, WhedonCon 2017 will take place the weekend of May 19th through the 21st in Los Angeles and will celebrate the 20th anniversary of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. In honor of the late Ron Glass, all proceeds from this year's convention will go to the Al Wooten Jr. Heritage Center to fund after-school and summer programs for low-income families. Get your single-day or full-weekend tickets on sale now at WhedonCon.com. Thanks for listening, and now, back to the show. So this wasn't, obviously wasn't a religious thing, because no, usually when you no. hear somebody tell a story like that of, I wasn't allowed to watch TV, I wasn't allowed <laughs> to do this, I wasn't allowed to do that, it's because they, they had fundamentalist parents of yeah. some variety. Yeah. No. This was, sounds to me, and for, for, forgive me if I'm wrong, but oh, no. this kind of sounds to me more like a rejection of mainstream culture. Yes. Yeah, pretty much. A, a subversion of that, of, of TV yeah. and cartoons and blah, 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 is going to rot your brain. Yes. You need to spend more time reading books yeah. and being creative. And being your, outside. Being yeah. outside, yeah. being in nature. Yep. So, all right. And which is not such a bad thing. Oh, not no, at all. Not such a bad I think, thing. I think that my parents are awesome, and I think more people people should take pages out of their book but um but like the few things that I was restricted from did influence me tremendously uh and and I think for Erica as well because obviously (laughs) obviously you're 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 a huge huge geek of many many things and the cosplay stuff I mean we've Mm -hmm. we've shown the pictures before I've done photo shoots with you before we it's it's you you have that attention to detail that only somebody who is like a hyper geek of a thing, you know that that wanting to pick a thing apart and analyze every little tiny piece of it in order to recreate it yeah. does and yeah. applies and yeah. so. But the the cool thing that I got from my parents is that they didn't do the normal thing. I mean they they were they did behave like grown ups and they had jobs and blah blah blah. But they 
you know, we lived in faculty housing on this university campus. Mm -hmm. And so on the rare occasions when I did go sneak and watch TV shows, it was always about people who live in houses and go shopping Uh, and stuff. And I had no frame of reference for that because I had never lived in a house in my life. 80s mall culture. And we never got to go shopping. Ever, ever, ever. Until, like, much later on when I was in my teens and I got my own job and then I went shopping. But it was just this alien culture and watching, like, even the most basics, like, freaking full house. I was just like, who are these creatures? Yeah, and yeah, what world yeah. did they live in? I didn't get the full house thing either. That was a little after my time. But, yeah. But, oh, well. Because by, by the time the late 80s rolled around, I was, you know, 18. I was, you know, an emancipated adult. Yeah. Or not emancipated, but I was an adult. So I a lot of the... A lot of the it's that thing, and I've talked about it before. The 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 programming, the afternoon programming for children was sixties and fifties sitcoms. We didn't have cartoons and stuff until about eighty three, eighty four, when we started getting Smurfs and 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 He Man and all the Lou Shimer stuff. We would start getting things that were specifically for children, but. The but. difference between the stuff that we watched on Saturday morning in the 70s, which was all reruns of the stuff from the 60s, which was originally played during primetime in, in the 60s, uh-huh. um, you know, and then all your Bugs Bunny cartoons going back to the 30s, which were yep. played during movies. Yep. And so that was the stuff we watched. And the stuff that we watched was for all ages, but not in a in a delicate sense of all ages yeah, it right. was this is going to contain material this 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 7 minute cartoon is going to take uh, contain slapstick material for little kids to enjoy mm-hmm. and adult humor joke uh, jokes that only adults with mm-hmm. political or yeah. socio-political <laughs> sensibilities are going to understand yep. and so there was content hidden or not hidden but within the context of something like that there was content for everyone yeah. whereas af- once the 80s hit mm-hmm. and mall culture and blah 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 spend 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 mm-hmm. that the, they hit the toy companies hit on the idea hey if we make <laughs> cartoons about these toys the kids will want to collect everything and G.I. Joe went from being one guy who was an yeah. eight inch character yeah. one guy with a bunch of vehicles and clothes uh-huh. to an entire team of yeah. little figures <laughs> yeah. that were more because uh, one you know back in 1967 a G.I. Joe doll was $12 mm-hmm. but in 1983 a G.I. Joe figure was $6 and if you had $13 to spend you'd get G.I. Joe and you'd get Scarlet and Duke or you'd yeah. get you know oh, and you'd get the vehicle and you get this and you get <laughs> so then there was this full panoply of toys that you all saw and every time there was some new thing Transformers all these yeah. all these cartoons were made by Hasbro oh, by yeah. a toy company <laughs> yeah, yeah. and so it was all specifically marketed to a very specific age range Uh and once you got past that Mm -hmm. your interests changed and you were done with it and so the next thing that came along you also weren't interested in that either Mm -hmm. so there's that cutoff at about 1985 or 6 when the whatever new cartoon thing toy thing was coming out I didn't care. I didn't. I wasn't. It wasn't on my radar anymore. Because yeah. by that point, now I'm into music. Now I'm yeah. into girls. Now I'm into you know or you know like interpersonal stuff and mo- movies and music rather than toys and TV shows. Now the toy thing, being a geek that I am, the toy thing, the Star Wars thing, never went away, and I still have some Star Wars toys at home and still enjoy them. I don't really play with them anymore, but I collect them. <laughs> <Yeah>. But <laughs> so that sensibility. 
kind of where I was going with all that was was how this translated into your work mm-hmm. of carrying you forward into making costumes and now yeah. uh, a paper doll book. Yeah. And what a great thing to take something that's so simple from your childhood and really bringing it up into a new context. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. We had, um, when we were kids, now I feel like I'm going to turn into the poor Yorkshireman at any moment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we, we had it tough. Living in the paper in bag in a septic tank. <laughs> 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 and shoebox in the middle of the road. And a lick on the road clean with our tongues. All 15 of us. All 15 um, of us. Um, Luxury. <laughs> the, papers, the paper that we used to make our paper dolls, at least at my house, was old documents from the university because my dad worked in the admissions office so he had like old documents and reams of paper and he's like oh you want to draw something here you can draw on the back of this and that was what so you were drawing your own dolls you weren't Going off of a thing that was pre-printed, you and were we, drawing. We, we started. Got, we we started them. with a lot of the paper dolls my mom bought. Yeah, like her mom we were her toys. We were influenced sometimes. Sometimes. Well, sometimes. Well, but usually, usually it was from Goodwill, so they were still like fifty cents. Or mm-hmm. something. That counts. But, my mom like, didn't even do that. I only knew She-Ra as a doll. <laughs> okay. I didn't know it was a TV okay, show. Okay, great, great. So great. I had, yeah, I had She-Ra. I think there was somebody some... eventually told me, but yeah, I. I didn't. I, I knew Care Bears as a book. I knew Shira as a doll, because um, I had a lot of pop culture dolls, but I didn't. I, I knew them as books or just as the toy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, my 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 <laughs> mom bought me paper dolls, and we used to play with them. Uh-huh. Uh But they never had enough clothes. Mm-hmm. They no never had. Yeah. So we started. Was it your aunts who told it, us to start making our own? It was my or? aunts who told me. Okay. Um, and I know I know there was one golden day when <laughs> you and I actually made and played paper dolls with one of my aunties who came oh. to visit us from L.A., actually. Okay. We grew up in Iowa. Yes. Um, so I had an aunt who lived out in L.A. She came to visit once because she couldn't stand traveling to a small town in Iowa, and frankly, I can't blame her. Um, and she was, she was like the queen of this thing. And so she came out and actually spent an afternoon drawing paper dolls with Erica and I and, like, showing us how to do it. And, like, we just made different women who would be like, let's make a paper doll that will be the queen of Christmas. Wow. Or something like crazy, but really abstract, you know? Yeah, and, she was... Um, she oh, was, childless was, ants. <laughs> they, they they provide a vital psychosocial yes. service yeah. to, to, to children all over the world. Yeah. We, she and her sister, um, who we laud as being the original Spindle Sisters, which yes. is our little brand that we've made yes. for ourselves. We are the, we are the Spindle, Spindle Sisters. sisters. Yeah. But they're the original ones because they were actual are. sisters. This is us. Um, <laughs> we are totally sending them copies of this book as soon as it is out. But anyway... Uh, yeah, so we made our own mostly on the backs of documents from the university where my dad worked. And then, see, we started, we would make, at least I remember I started, we'd make a doll, and then because the tabs, the little tabs on the clothing yes. kind of suck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, please. now his work really well because he stands up on his own, mm-hmm. he's going nowhere, and, like, his clothes are staying on. But... We well, didn't have... But even when you do this, like, eventually, if eventually you try going and to do enough off. stuff, then he, you go like that. And it's right. like, oh, his clothes are on the floor, now but, he's naked. It's but like, compared, uh, to, compared to most of the paper dolls you can buy, that stays on him phenomenally well, you yeah. must admit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yes, eventually that happens, and it's a bit disruptive to the narrative. Uh, 
Yeah, so, clothes falling off in the middle of Yeah, so rather than whatever. dealing with the little tabs, what I would do <laughs> is I would draw a completely different version of the character with a different outfit and a different hairstyle or whatever every time I wanted them to be in a different outfit. And that's why my mom ended up having to go, you cannot have more than a hundred of these things. Because you have a million outfits. A million. So that's when we started going, okay, let's get around this rule. She doesn't yeah. need a Brighton Beach variant on her swimming costume. <laughs> but she does. But mom, it's, no, the but spring, it's the spring exposition. <laughs> oh, if only you knew. Um, but... I think I have an idea. (laughs) We did still want the millions of clothes. Yeah, we did. No one's giving that up. So Erica, I think it was you. Probably. It was Erica who figured out how we could engineer this to make it work. So she would take her paper dolls and she'd make them... You know, in their under things, like, like him. him. Mm-hmm. Um, get a look. And her. Of course, bare chested. <laughs> yes. yes, of and, course. Um, actually, we didn't bother making our men bare chested. We'll get into that later. Um, Did we not? didn't. Well, we didn't even make them so you could change their clothes. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah they just had a costume. So well, no, eventually we did. Oh yeah, my, yeah. My the ones I still have the the um, the I couldn't change his clothes. No, but he was Speedy Dad. No, but um, the twenties gangster paper dolls that I still oh, have. Yeah. The guys, okay, the guys okay, looked like fair him. Enough. Eventually, yeah. So basically, what Erica did is she made them in their underpants, and she was like, "Right, we're going to put the clothes on," but she laminated the dolls with like packing tape or something. Oh, yes. And then so when you, you fold could, the tabs over, they well, stay. No, 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 no. Oh. We better than that. <laughs> we cut the tabs off. And we just made little bundles of tape and just stuck them straight onto the doll. Because oh, yeah. then you can pull them off again without ripping if the they're, doll. Yeah, if they're laminated. And tape's replaceable. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. I think that um, Scotch Tape, uh, what is it, 3M, I think is the name of their parent company. They mm. owe us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we should own stock in their company. Yeah, with the amount <laughs> of Scotch we, Tape oh we've gone through. Oh what is it with children and tape? I, I remember being fascinated by Scotch Tape when I was a kid, too. Even my kid. I remember my kid yeah. being three and coming up and going, Da, may I have a smooch of tape? Oh, a smooch being a, a very, very small little... <laughs> yeah, so what do you need a smooch of tape for? Well, and then the big, long explanation. All right, have a smooch of tape. <laughs> <laughs> the big, long explanation that actually doesn't make sense, but annoys you so much, you just have to Well, no, no, it was tape. just that thing of, I just want to hear what the, what yeah, the, what what the thing is. What is the reason? <laughs> I remember when we discovered, and we, by we I don't mean you, um, the kids in my neighborhood before I moved to Iowa mm-hmm. um, discovered double-sided tape. Oh, yeah, double-sided and tape. They yeah. were like, you know what you can do with this? And I was like, what? What can you do with this? What can you not do with this? Um, they made a picture, and the boy covered it in double-sided tape, and he's like, now if a robber tries to touch this picture, he will be trapped. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, do you remember when, like, every bad guy was a robber when you were a little kid? Yeah, did yeah, yeah. Phase? Everybody was a robber, like, yeah. Nowadays, Man somebody... in black or stripes with a little mask, yeah, a little, yeah, a little a domino yeah. mask, take your stuff. a cloth cap and a domino mask <laughs> and, a, and a bag, <laughs> and a bag of holding. We um, Nowadays, we sadly have to do... Um, uh, lockdown drills at school. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which was not a thing when I was a kid. Maybe it was a thing in California before. I don't know. But I had to, as a teacher, I had to do that a couple times. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was mm-hmm. teaching a fourth grade class and we were having a lockdown drill. And I was like, okay, children, this means that you'll have to get under your desks and be really quiet and pretend like we don't want anybody outside to hear us. And I'm going to turn off the lights and close all the curtains and lock all the doors. And this is just a drill and da 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 da. And I did this, and two of the little boys said, but, Miss Polico, what will you do if the robber has a gun, and what if he, he shoots the lock off of the door? And I, just the fact that he used the word robber just charmed me so much. I was like, ah, 
I really want him to think that we're worried about robbers and yeah. not anything else. Yeah, like, yes, yeah. you're right. Anything They're robbers. Far more They've horrible. Come to steal your artwork and your chalk. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> Double-sided sticky tape or no, they're going to steal it. Yeah. And the answer, by the way, was I. we had these copper rods in the classroom, and I was like, I will be waiting with a copper rod. <laughs> Poised. Nice. nice. Yeah, I, when, I worked at, when I worked at the school, the all-girls school that I worked at, we had lockdown drills, and we actually had a lockdown situation oh, one day. Oh, that sucks. Because... Somebody who did some baddie who did a thing mm-hmm. somewhere wound up holding up in a house in the neighborhood, oh. a block like a block. Oh, this is in Hancock Park, so it's like oh. a block over. And so we had a lockdown drill for like four and a half hours, That's and trying to get trying to get the students to not text their parents to yeah. leave their phones alone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's terrible. Because That's obviously terrible. they want all the flow of information to go out from one, per, you know, to parents mm-hmm. out from one source, yeah. you know, and mm-hmm. so. But mm-hmm. uh, So what was your situation growing up that was the um, preclusion toward playing with toys or this or that? Was it a similar, yeah. similar, the kind of hippie community of, of new yes. agey kind of thing yeah, of... Yeah. of yeah. Yeah, my my parents were a little less strict with the toys. Like I got the toys, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I wasn't allowed to watch TV, mm-hmm. so I didn't well You were allowed to watch more than I was. Yes, I was. Because I went to your house my, to watch shows. Yes. <laughs> well my well, friend Brian had cable, so I would go early, to watch watch his stuff. See and, and but my parents also we had lived in a house. Mm. So I lived in town, she lived on campus, so I was surrounded with like quote unquote normal. normality. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So all of my friends in the neighborhood had TVs and stuff like that. My parents didn't buy a TV until I was six. Mm. And even when we had a TV, we only watched a couple hours a week. Eventually mm-hmm. it got a little bit more than that, but like I was never allowed to watch Saturday morning cartoons mm-hmm. or cartoons after school, mm-hmm. none of that stuff. And yet you did. <laughs> well, if I went over to a friend's house, then yeah, they can't of stop me. Yes. Um but yeah, so I was a little I had a little more popular culture toys than she did. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. so I sort of introduced her to some of it and well the other thing that's cool that about I think I think this is true for both of us but correct me if I'm wrong our parents also like they stopped us from they wanted to stop us from watching TV and they didn't want to stop too many toys and that's awesome um, but they were completely accepting of whatever plans we had for what we would do as as grown-ups they didn't. Oh, yes. They didn't try oh, okay. to stop yeah. us okay. or steer okay. us in any like. Oh, you want to be an artist? That's nice. Go to law school. No. Yeah. No, there was I, none of that, and I that have, was really great. I have since before I can remember wanted to be an artist. I have always wanted to be an artist, and my parents always encouraged me. Mm-hmm. They never ever were like, "Are you sure? Don't you want to be a doctor?" You know, they was always like, "Yeah, you go. You're amazing. Keep trying." That's really nice. That's yeah. really nice. Yeah, I, I I had the kind of the opposite estate uh, living in, you know, a, a, a middle class household, trying to be just like every other kid, trying to homogenize myself, mm-hmm. and always failing at that, always oh, yeah. being a weirdo, always being a hyper nerd, uh, you know, socially awkward, talkative, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. but always, and, and, but just, and just consuming mass quantities of media. As a child, oh, when we were kids, we watched everything. The TV was on all the time, unless wow. it was homework time or eating time. We weren't eating in front of the TV. Yeah. It was 
the TV is on. That is your that's you it was your babysitter. I mean, oh from the time gosh. I would get home from school, the TV would come on and it would stay on until bedtime, and the parents were still watching when you went to bed. Oh and gosh. so we and we watched everything and we had a vcr and we and went on some nights when there was stuff on at the same time we'd watch one channel record another and then go back and watch the other thing mm-hmm. and then i watched tv a lot all saturday and sunday but i was watching um doctor who and and teleton music music video shows because we didn't have cable so this was only three networks two pbs stations and two independent stations which one of them eventually became a fox network and one of them became a V, uh, UPN, WB, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So, <laughs> yes. but they originally were just local, local program, you know, like with, and it was all old 50s, 60s sitcoms. It was mm-hmm. all like very, very cheap, uh, syndicated programming, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But so, and then it was, and if you're not home in front of the TV, you're always listening to the radio. So it was right. always oh, listening yeah, to the radio and radio. hearing mm-hmm. songs and always there was that, that was that communal thing of mm-hmm. everybody talked about what they watched on TV the night before everybody listened to the radio all everybody me and the nerd friends all stayed up and listened to dr dr demento on sunday night you know way too late listening to the radio with with one earbud um, in bed and so and often recording things and playing in class the next day that kind of thing with our little tape recorder um so it was that opposite of state and then with that came the, well, no, you're going to do this and you're going to do that. Well, right. there's no money in that. Don't do that. Do this. Right. You know, go find something that you're actually going to earn money at. Wow. Then not, no, no consideration of, okay, you're going to make money at this, but you're going to wind up completely hating yourself when you're middle age. Right. But there it was none of that. It was, you know, had I had that, you know, formative, you know, and this is the portion where Michael whines about his life. It's okay. um, but <laughs> where had I had that, that encouragement to do what I wanted, I would have had a very, very different career path mm-hmm. and a very but different life. But. What's weird is, like, it wasn't even, I wouldn't even call it encouragement. I mean, because my mom, I, I would ask her, More actually. support. It was support. Like, you know, I asked her point blank at one point, Mom, do you think I would be a good costume designer? And she said, sweetie, I would love to tell you yes, but the truth is... I don't know what it takes to make a good costume designer. You better just go find out. So it was honesty. Yeah. yeah. And it but, and it was like, but she didn't say, you know, I think you should do this. I think you should get a degree in business. Or it, There was none of that. The only suggestion that was made was by my father. And I can't really blame him because the only thing he wanted was for me to, whatever I studied, he was like, please stay close to home so oh. I don't have to miss you. Okay. And I was like, ha, 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 no. Um, <laughs> Bye. Bye. But, but the cool thing is that the overall subliminal message to my childhood and the way my parents lived their lives was, we're outsiders. We are outsiders. We do not live in the normal world that everybody else in America lives in. And what that meant, what I interpreted that to mean was, that means we can do whatever we want. We don't have those goals that are being fed on TV and radio and everything. This is how you need to be. This is what you should aspire to. Yeah. And actually, I was terrified of my life as an adult straight up until I walked into New York City to go to college for my first year of college. I still am. Oh. Well, so, <laughs> but, so that yeah. thing, that <laughs> thing is, yeah. is antithetical to the consumer it is. fed mm-hmm. it is. society. It's, it's the enemy of that. Yeah. It's the, the enemy of the consumerism. But the thing is, which like, is it, great. Sounds, it, it sounds great and it is um, because it's like, oh, you had freedom like and support for your freedom. But just remember for just a moment that total freedom means completely unlimited possibilities and that's terrifying uh, yeah it is um, it is it is, it is. a lack of, of a, a lack yeah. of focus um, but also but, but also the whole thing of your parents saying 
I don't know what it takes to do this. Go find out. Yeah. That's empowerment. It is empowering. That's yeah, empowerment. empowerment. Mm-hmm. Very much. And they also, my mom was also a big fan of, if you want something, I'm for you having it. But you have to prove to me that you really want it first. And not because, like, I don't believe you, but, like, well, you say that you want this, but I think that you just want to have it. You know, like... Consumerism. Yeah. He's like, I think that you just want to have it. Or, you know, we all say, oh, I I wish I could learn a language. No, you don't. You wish that you already knew that language. (laughs) Nobody wants to learn a language. It's hard. You know, I wish that I... I wanted to learn French. I don't want to learn Spanish. I want to know Spanish. I don't want want to learn Spanish. I want to know the language. And so she was like, so... If you really want something, I'd like to see some action from you. Like, you say you want this. Well, take some steps towards it. Right. And if I see that you're taking steps and that you care about taking steps, I'll definitely jump in and help you out. But I'm not going to hand it to you on a silver platter. Is it blind consumer? Put your energy toward your passion. Yeah. Something you're actually passionate about, willing to put work into. Mm -hmm. But that's a great lesson. That's a a great great lesson. lesson. And I think that she has not received nearly enough credit. Because I never got that. I never got that. What are you passionate about? What do you like? What do you like to do? Go do that. Put energy toward that. You know, don't worry about this other stuff. Don't worry about getting a C in math. If you want to do this, you don't need that. Well, I I did I did get you know they did come down on me for getting crappy grades right, in math. Right, Don't right, right. think that they didn't. Right, right, right. <laughs> but, well, I think um, math is important, but some people really. I, I think math is partially a genetic thing, and some, and especially a developmental thing for some yeah. kids. Because some kids can do algebra in seventh grade, so most cannot. Yeah. Most kids, that's why algebra is usually a freshman class, or usually mm-hmm. late, you know, and so, you know, my kid took, tried algebra in seventh grade, didn't do so well, did it again in eighth, and nailed it. Oh, cool. But there's a part in the brain development of most children, I'm speaking very broadly, generally, here, that... You know, it's, but so so there's it's it's beyond aptitude. It's also wiring. There's a wiring yeah, thing that everybody has. I think so. You're looking at me weirdly. Oh, sorry. No. She's really good at algebra. Well, or I was, math in general. Oh, my uh, wife not, is phenomenally good at math. I, I'm my good kid. at it's weird. I'm okay at higher maths, but like multiplication. I'm bad at memorizing things. Uh, uh, so like, give me a calculator well, and tell me how to do it. They don't was teach okay, kids but... multiplication tables anymore. Oh, my wow. my That's kid, what? my kid. Taylor is a math genius, like uh-huh. high-level trig, calculus, wow. physics, blood, just aced all of that. Uh-huh. Doesn't know multiplication tables. Whoa. They don't teach what that the anymore. Heck? They don't teach that anymore. Or they didn't well, in our school. You school. have yeah, different but rebel yes. But I have I have multiplication. I have all the multiplication yeah. tables. But our school district only went through ten. My another when I went to Chicago visit my dad in Chicago after my parents divorced, they learned up through twelve. That's hmm. weird. Our district went up all the way. I still don't quite know all the elevens and twelves. I, I have a song to help you learn the twelves. I'm not going to sing it right now because <laughs> that would take us off in a yeah. weird direction. But I made up songs for different ones of the times tables to teach my children, and they mostly worked. I re- yeah, I remember. I mean, I my mom did flashcards. That was one of the things my mom did help me with was yeah. multiplication tables. We oh, had yeah. flashcards for that. And I was I was always pretty good at that. Those are good. My um, mom quizzed me as we drive around town, not did shopping. F- flashcards for for uh, we made our own index cards for like bi- you know like science terms and yeah. stuff like that too. That's, um, that's all good stuff. Yeah, yeah. But um, 
Oh, I was I lost my point that I was going to make. Oh, I'm sorry. It was, it's cool. It was a while ago. I'm Captain <laughs> no, it's, it's fun. This it's is a fun conversation. It always is. And I'm easily sidetracked, as yes. all my students know. What what's your day job? What's your nine to five? Or are you an artist professionally? I'm a graphic designer. Fantastic. Yes. Fantastic. That's only been in the last year. I was a projectionist at a movie theater oh, right, for right. the previous ten years, which I also love. That's a fun job. But yeah, That's a fun it, job. it has lots of downtime, which That's means like I got the to draw. Ultimate pr- movie theater projection is like the ultimate nerdy teenage job like really <laughs> yeah. like and not to impugn no, you know cool whatever job. you know the time yeah. in your life that you're do- we're doing that but but that, like that's like the that's like if you're you know most kids work in food service or mm-hmm. retail or whatever but if you're a movie projectionist <laughs> you are like and it's always like total film nerds to yes. it yeah. yes. doing that yeah. too well, and because it takes specialized skills. Also. Oh yeah, like it's well, but you don't actually have to go to school for it. No, like you, you don't. just no. you just you can have learn to. It on the job. Yeah. yeah, but like once you know it, then you're valuable because you have those skills. That, yes. Like, well, well, you were nowadays. Now that everything's digital. Digital. You just yeah. burnt play done. And that's, that's pretty much why I no threading a platter changed. anymore. <laughs> oh, it makes me cry. I know. I know. Although last time I went and visited, um, I. Still work for the same company. I'm a graphic designer for a movie theater. Okay, cool, cool. Um, So I still visit the theater I worked at, and the last time I went and visited, and they had a 70 millimeter of whichever Quentin Tarantino movie was the most recent one. I made them let me thread it. Nice. (laughs) I was like, please. So I still got to do it. It's not the same, but you have that projector that my mom sent you. Yes, I do. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Her mom gave me a, I don't even know, like, 70s or 60s projector, mm. one of the little home ones. My ex-wife has an old 16 mil in her in yeah, her yeah, in her in her, in her garage from the 50s, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's one of those. And I have. I, she also gave me a bunch of Abby's family's home, home movies. So oh, I get that's to thread cute. Them that's up cute. And watch them. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, but and by my family we mean like old because yeah. those films are older than oh, that yeah. projector. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. films were taken at the end of World War Two. Nice, nice. In Europe. That's nice. what that film is. I don't have any film, but I have slides and I have fo- I have photos that are over 100 years old. Oh, wow. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I have photos and photo postcards, which are very en vogue at the very beginning of the 20th century. Uh, you would go to a photo studio and make a postcard. They would put a, make a postcard out of it. Black and you know, it was like, yeah. it wasn't quite sepia, but it was definitely kind of brown-ish. But, yeah. um, and you would do a photo and it was a postcard right, right on the back and it was like an original print photo and I have a few of those as well. Um, what's out now, uh, media wise that you're consuming? Um, like books, TVs, radio, uh, mo- <laughs> um, um, books, TV, movies, um, music, yeah. anything you're listening to, anything you're reading, you're watching, etc. Erica? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm kind of all over the place, but yeah. like, I want to tie it into our work and so sure. Um, I was sort of jumping around with audiobooks on mm. LibriVox.org. Do you know it? I do not. It's anything, any work of literature that's in the public domain. Nice. You can listen to an audio version of it that was recorded by a volunteer. So the quality comes and goes. Varies, Some yeah. of it is great because you get these British narrators who mm. are just so Maybe I should sign up for that. You should. It's, it's free. You it's don't need free. to sign up. You no, just, no, no, no. I mean, no, I should a, sign up yeah. to, to, to be, be a reader. Oh, yeah. To be a, a, a yeah. narrator. If it makes you happy, by all means. Oh, yes. I would love that. I've been um, wanting to get some kind of voiceover credit somewhere. Yeah. Do it, do it. Um, so I was listening to all of the Sherlock Holmes stories. <laughs> Lovely. Great. Lovely. And, um, and then I was also listening to The Count of Monte Cristo. Hmm. And then I found the Austin sisters. The, oh, the Bronte sisters and the Jane Austen stuff on there. And I was listening to it. Because this is like Jane Austen. Sure, period. sure, sure. 
And so mm-hmm. I was looking at all of that stuff and going. And then, um, but this is only our first one. This, um, the Cinderella book is our first one. We're we're working on more fairy tales. Excellent. Quickly. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm assuming you have you have a, all this company logo stuff, all this branding on here. That's great. I'm I'm hoping that this means that there's going to be many many more. Oh, the list is so. <laughs> have you have you sold some already? No. Oh, they're not available yet. Oh, okay, okay. Um, we I was just telling her. This is one of our first proofs, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we have the third proof to pick up tomorrow. Nice. And if it's good, we'll tell the printers, to, like, okay, that's cool, print the run, and then we'll have them, and they'll be available within, what, two weeks? And are, you, are you doing Amazon? Are you doing Toy? We, we're doing Etsy. Okay, okay. For now. Okay, okay. And then hopefully our own website. Because Amazon, like, you, you have to know that you're going to sell at least, like, 40 items per month to make Amazon worth your time. Cool, um, cool. Yeah. But I was... Uh, I was looking at the cover art for different novels that I'd been listening to mm, mm, mm. and going, what could what could be applied? And I noticed, like, I mean, some of the Jane Austen ones definitely were applicable to this, but our next story, I was listening to um, The Scarlet Pimpernel. Mm, Do you know that mm-hmm, one? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nice. And then I watched the movie because I'm a big dork. Yeah. And um, the movie was made in the 80s. Oh, yeah. But it was the 80s interpretation of late... Uh, 18th century fashion. Oh, okay. And okay. it was just really fun. And <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, a little decadent. This next time. A little overdone, yeah. The next paper good. doll is going to be in this. Anyway. But current... Um, so LibriVox is super cool. And if you want to go into retro and old literature and have something to listen to in your car, that's old-timey and fun. But um, I just watched Santa Clarita Diet and I'm like dying laughing. <laughs> oh, good. Good. I've heard mixed reviews. I've heard yeah. good. I've heard bad. I've heard lots of vomit. I've heard... Uh, yes, literally lots of vomit. Um, like it's it's tricky because the comedy, the dialogue is so hilarious, but the visuals are really really gross. Mm, so mm, mm, I'd like my mother would love the dialogue because it's just it's just so funny. It's this you know um, suburban husband and wife mm-hmm, mm-hmm. being a team together, yeah, and yeah. supporting each other yeah. in the wife's need to eat human flesh. Nice. <laughs> And that's very funny, but then, like, you actually see the eating of the human flesh, and that's really gross. Yeah, and So it's yeah, kind of like, um, yeah. this is not for everybody. Not get enough of that on Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah. this is different, because, yeah. like, it's it's sweet and cute and funny, and then suddenly, and yeah. like, oh my god, I didn't see that coming, but yeah. I should have. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas Walking Dead is just, yeah, you know, just bleak, you know what you're bleak, in just for. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anything you've been watching at all, or I, just I, been working, working, working? I... Not a yeah. I'm not a. I don't watch TV, so I watch a lot of Netflix. I started watching. Um, oh my god, Cave of Forgotten Dreams director is oh, uh, um, that really famous guy. Wow, that sounds dumb. Um, <laughs> anyway, there's this awesome documentarian. Is it is it Werner Herzog? Yeah. Is it him? No, Maybe. no, no. Wait, it's not. I think it is. I this is the is. time when we Google on the podcast. Okay. Cave <laughs> of, of... I normally remember these things. Forgotten Dreams. I'm pretty sure it is Werner Herzog. Documentary um, Werner Herzog. Okay, yes. Gains exclusive access to film inside the Chauvet Caves of southern France, capturing the oldest known pictorial creations of humankind in their astonishing natural setting. Yeah. So we watched our, we watched that in the theater. Back when I, it first came out yeah. years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it... I popped up in my Netflix feed, so I re watched it, and then oh, I good. found out a lot of his other documentaries oh, yeah, are also yeah, on yeah. Netflix. Grizzly so Man is really, that's I've a hard started, one. I'm going to watch, probably eventually watch yeah, that one, yeah. but um, I have... 
Just, just so warning. There is, through. there is actual audio of a man yeah. being rendered asunder by I a bear, by a grizzly bear. <laughs> so that's why I'm kind of okay. like, it sounds interesting, but I don't know if I'm going to get that far. Yeah, yeah. I like his kind of more. This is nature, right? Or right. Yeah. This I is love our history. I'm a, I'm a big fan of his work. I, yeah. I really liked his films that he's done. Um, he he did one of my favorite versions of um, Nosferatu. Back oh. in the in the seventies, nineteen seventy nine, Klaus Kinski was Nosferatu, uh, and there's some yeah, other there's a couple other too. names in that too. But Werner Herzog directed that, and it's it's a very faithful recreation of the uh, the Max Schreck, uh, the uh, uh, yeah, the um, uh, F W Murnau. It's a very faithful reproduction of it, but it's color, uh, but the makeup is very similar and stuff. And also, um, yeah, and and yeah, it's it's really good. It's I haven't really even heard good. of that. Yeah, I'm Klaus Kinski. Yeah. I love Klaus, I Klaus love Kinski vampires, too. Vampires. So I'm. Yes, highly recommend usually, Nosferatu. Um, okay. Yeah, there, it's funny. <laughs> I have a VHS of the F.W. Mirnau Nosferatu with music by Typo Negative. They did. They did a because it's silent, and so yeah, Typo yeah, Negative did music of, for it. It's really cool. There, really there's cool. a lot of silent films where you can go and they've got music by some modern. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. I've got um, Phantom of the Opera with music by Switchblade Symphony. Oh, <laughs> I love Switchblade Symphony. Awesome. Oh my god, it's, it's really trippy to watch that. Cool. One. Yeah. Really trippy. Well, please plug your stuff. Where can people find you online? Okay. Um, <laughs> so on Facebook, you can find us at uh, the Spindle Sisters. And that's most that's most of our stuff. Uh, Instagram, Instagram at the, the Spindle, Spindle Sisters, Sisters. <laughs> Twitter.com slash Spindle Sisters. So we but couldn't fit the the on, on Twitter, so it's just Spindle Sisters, but with the capital S's. Does that make a difference? No, not so. on Twitter. No. I'm a stickler for capitalization. Okay. Um, so yeah, twi- Twitter, it's Spindle Sisters, and it's also thespindlesisters.com will take you to any of our stuff. Okay. Yes. And okay. my Etsy store. Cool. The, the Spindlesisters.com is still under construction, right. so right now it's just a page that's pretty, and then it's got links. To cool, everything else. Cool. So if you did, you want to put your individual uh, information too, or do you just want to concentrate on the Spindle Sisters? We'll concentrate on yeah. the Spindle Sisters. All right, yeah. cool, <laughs> groovy, groovy. Feature. Yes, excellent. <laughs> I will someday other... have a website of my other artistic endeavors, but yeah. that is also under construction. That's great. So. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. So. great. Well, thanks for coming and talking today. This is great. And I I can't wait to see more books. And um, you feel free to shoot me whatever artwork you're uh, okay with sharing at this up to this point. Mm -hmm. And I'll put a a pick or two on the on the blog. Um, And, uh, you know, you can, you know, watermark it and all that lovely stuff. So, (laughs) um, but thanks for uh, this was really great. And uh, I hope to talk to to you again once you've got more work that you're ready to to, to put out. Mm-hmm. Um, this episode is brought to you by WhedonCon 2017, May 19th through the 21st at the Woodland Hills Marriott. Single day or weekend tickets are on sale now at WhedonCon.com. I'm at St. Michael on Twitter. Check out our blog. Listen to our past episodes on Something2XP.net. We are everywhere online as Something2XP. Please subscribe and review on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Like us on Facebook and Google+. Email us at Something2XP at gmail.com. And remember, please be kind. You've just listened to the Something Something Experience podcast with your host, Michael John Simpson. Something 2XP was conceived and produced by Michael John Simpson. Intro music, Ways to Change Faces, and outro music, Scorpio 37, was written 
produced and provided by the talented Sebastian Cesari. Please visit our website and blog at something2xp.net. You can find us online everywhere as Something2XP. Please subscribe and review us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and like us on Facebook and Google+. This episode was brought to you by WhedonCon 2017, the weekend of May 19th through 21st in Los Angeles. For information and tickets, please visit WhedonCon.com. You can email us at something2xp at gmail.com. We invite your feedback. Please be kind. 